Welcome to Fair Credit's podcast series on using data to get your practice back to normal. Hi, I'm Randy Baldwin, Vice President of Specialty Client Marketing here at Fair Credit. My guest today is Tony Enzanito. He is the Director of Operations at MarketScope. Now, today's topic of conversation is understanding trends to help your practice succeed. But before we begin, Tony, I would like for you to tell us a little bit about yourself in your company so our listeners can understand the value that you have for this podcast. Thanks, Randy. I'm happy to be here. So I've been ophthalmology for about 15 years or so, and my my first experience in ophthalmology was uh, a tech at an ophthalmic, ophthalmic practice, excuse me. And um, I've really been fortunate to have experienced and all the different sort of facets of the of this space, in the sense that I worked with uh, with patients as a technician, worked with surgeons as a hospital administrator, uh, spent a bunch of time in a in a sales and, and management role, uh, with sort of patient education software, and most recently with with, with MarketScope, um, being able to work both with surgeons and with with industry uh, folks like uh, like you, Randy, and um, you know it's really provided me a really interesting blend of experience that I'm able to apply to my current role today at MarketScope, um, who I, I would describe as a, as a third party in a market research firm. And, you know, my, my core focus here is, is I gather feedback from practices and that, that comes in the form of surveys and interviews and other primary research. And I can, we combine that with, with other proprietary disease models, forecasts, just a, a vast amount of information uh, that our team produces and into what we hope is actionable feedback for the industry. And, and that's often in the form of uh, survey reports, comprehensive re- global market reports on, on nearly every area of ophthalmology. It's, it's, it's pretty complex. It took a long time to sort of figure out all the different, uh, all the different data points that we have and, 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 and be able to provide that to the different uh, parts of the space. But, um, you know, it's, Ophthalmology is, is, is rapidly evolving, and um, we think it's, it's largely driven by innovation and highly motivated companies and individuals, and, and I'm just grateful to be a part of it. Wow, that sounds great, Tony. You know what? Uh, thank you for your background, a little bit of what MarketScope is all about. You know, and that's really why you were perfect for this podcast. I've known you for many <laughs> years, and your experience is really going to help the listeners understand how using data can help their practice, right? So, so let's go ahead and get started. Sure. Let's first talk about um, why is it important to learn about and understand industry trends and data when it comes to um, practice using data. Why is it important for that? Yeah, you know, I'd say, you know, kind of going back to that, what I said about being this a very dynamic, you know, industry. I mean, I would say even even before COVID, things were really evolving rapidly in this space. And um, you know, I think this is a really tough time for practices and companies. And I think, you know, more than ever, uh, this is a, a really important time to share data, use that information, you know, to adjust your target audience, your strategy, your business model. Um, you know, doing a survey is one thing, um, but being able to really leverage that data, I think, is what makes that whole process meaningful. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more uh, in a bit here. But, you know, what I will say kind of about MarketScope, you know, we first started um, surveying doctors, uh, ophthalmologists, about 20 years ago. So 
We've got a lot of history in this space uh, with respect to kind of gathering all that information and sharing it back with the community. And, you know, the objective, or the core objective is really to kind of help practices, uh, you know, provide, we want to provide like objective representative guidance on market trends. And in this way, it kind of was, you know, practice level guidance for folks looking to make decisions on new technology, new marketing strategies, how to measure your, your conversion rates against national averages. So, you know, that was really a, a core objective of ours. And today, you know, we have surveys every quarter. And this is really important now, too, like I mentioned, if, if you're looking to get information in the market, trying to understand what's going on. I mean, you know, meetings are effectively canceled, unfortunately, and, and certainly there's a lot of uh, uh, digital information out there, you know, but um, we're, we're constantly providing insight and guidance into the market. Well, that sounds like a very smart way, I think, to engage providers in order for them to provide some insights. Yeah, we, we certainly think so. And, um, you know, one thing I will mention, uh, there's just a lot of surveys out there, and I think this is important. Um, you know, our, our surveys are inclusive of ophthalmologists from every geography in the U.S., age, gender, procedure volume, surgical location, leadership. I mean, we really try to incorporate a really representative mix. And we also ensure that all the folks that are participating are confirmed doctors or administrators acting on their behalf. So that, Integrity of data is really important to us, as is confidentiality. Uh, we make that pledge with all of our doctors. But, you know, I will say surveys are, are one data point, you know, in, in, in the whole scheme of kind of how you guide your practice. And, you know, we like to think that, you know, we provide that one piece to help validate, you know, assumptions. And that goes both for, you know, the, the, the practices and also goes for kind of how we do our business when it comes to, our reports, surveys are, are one source of data, but you need to be able to incorporate, you know, many other data points um, in order to really have, you know, a competent number. Yeah, yeah. You know, what, what, what you said, Tony, about making sure that all the participants are confirmed surgeons or they're administrators, right, which is a very important because many of our listeners may not be the surgeon. Maybe they are, but some of them are the administrators. And so since this podcast is about taking data and applying it for the success of the practice, how does a practice, whether it's administrator or the doctor, take market scope trends and data information and then apply it within their own practice for growth and success? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for mentioning that, Randy. So, yeah, just to confirm, uh, administrators are involved in the survey process as well. They're sort of on, on behalf of their doctors. They they often engage, you know, with the surveys and participate on their behalf. And and certainly, you and I have worked on some things in the past with uh, providing, you know, uh, a lot of your members with uh, uh, with with trend reports, you know, that uh, compared individual practice data and KPIs to national national averages and maybe we could talk about that just a bit here um yeah you know we're not going to cover every kpi you know there's there's other folks that, that cover some of those pieces but we can talk about you know procedure volume for example and, and refractive surgery you know being able to look at kind of where your practice stands today compared to a to the national average and we provide tools that are part of that survey process that help these practices track this over time while within their own practice while also comparing to sort of what's going on at you know national and regional levels and um so this is sort of all included in that online portal that we provide to to, to practices there's no charge for this and uh we we have these surveys open intentionally at the end of every quarter so 
we try to make it easy for folks to you know gather that data you know at the close of the quarter input it and then be able to sort of track it um you know, right after that fact so um you know one other example i think i might give is a new technology uh randy you know this this comes up a lot and i, I keep going back to the dynamic nature of this business but there's always a a new, you know, a new laser, a new IOL, a new product that's out, and a lot of practices uh-huh. sort of look to, you know, look to us to say, hey, are these things really taking off? Are doctors using these? And you know, we provide a great way for them to sort of see the speed of adoption. And you know, this is particularly important if you're in a competitive area. Some folks may, you know, jump on products right away. Others may want to wait and see. But you know, if something is taking off faster. You may want to, and you can tell that from, you know, being part, looking at these surveys and sharing information and you may decide you want to jump in sooner you know to gain advantage so 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 that's kind of like um keeping track of some of the trends whether there are going to be new products coming out or new technologies or even current ones right so it sounds like you, you guys are very thorough about that yeah we try to you know get get it out there even before you know a product's approved and that's you know one of the things that we uh we keep an eye on you know what, what are what are practices planning to use if and when something gets approved, and then kind of following it through that whole product lifestyle, and that that kind of really shows the story of the product itself, but also gives gives practices the understanding for, you know, what is that adoption level, and maybe that gives them some guidance on when they want to uh, perhaps incorporate, you know, some some new product or piece of equipment into their practice. Yeah. So, so what are some other data points? You, you know, I know your reports, and, you, and know them quite well, sure. as you said. We've worked for many years, but what other type of data does MarketScope um, provide to help practices track? Sure. So, there's a lot of other, you know, areas that we focus on on the practice level. I would say, you know, patient pay pricing is a is a big one. Uh, conversion mm-hmm. rates, you know, premium IOLs, uh, financing options. Uh, those are some of the things that probably pop to mind at the, the practice level, Randy. Yeah, okay. You know, something you said a little earlier said KPIs. I just want to be clear with our audience that KPI stands for key, what, performance indicators, right? Performance so indicators, yeah. Yeah, right. So just want to make sure that was very clear. So, you know, and honestly, I love data. Uh, even here at Care Credit, we use data in order to help us set our strategies from going forward. You know, and and, and I'm sure you believe that. You know, it's like if you gather a bunch of data, and then if you don't do anything with it, and say you put it in a drawer, and then you wonder how you can improve, it's kind of like an oxymoron. It's kind of like something that isn't really real, right? So when you provide the data, you got to use it, right? So honestly. Um, I think there's many other examples I'd love for you to go through uh, with that MarketScope can um, provide. And by the way, I think this conversation is great. Whether you're in ophthalmology, it really applies getting big data and, and trends and understanding industry trends applies to other healthcare providers as well, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and you're right about KPI. I mean, this is a business of acronyms, so it's just so often we kind of just run through them all. Um, and and I, I would agree there's this, this is something that uh, can be used, you know, uh, beyond this space. But um, to your point, Randy, yeah, I think another example might be in terms of, you know, how to, how to apply um, the data would be, you know, on the self-pay, for example, uh, procedure. You know, I think what we see a lot of times is a new procedure comes out, there's an, there's an impotence to, to, to charge this premium. Um, and then over time, what we actually see is that pricing structure it tends to decline as more practices adopt the technology. And 
and tends to level out. But, you know, this isn't always consistent. So it's important where uh, to, to observe these so you can kind of make sure that you're finding out, you know, where's where's maybe that kind of that sweet spot for what, what I want to charge. Maybe you could charge more. Maybe you need to kind of bring it down. So, you know, keeping mm-hmm. keeping track of that and applying it to, you know, how you're delivering, you know, your marketing to your patients, I think, is uh, maybe another another example. Yeah, that's good. That's a very good example. And you know what? I, I agree with you, Tony, on, on a lot of levels, especially self-pay procedures as well as maybe there's insurance procedures that insurance only contributes a certain amount to. So um, next, I want to move on. Let's talk about how market scopes of data can help the ophthalmic industry understand what's happening in the industry with respect to, let's say, premium procedures, right? Um, maybe prior to COVID, and then what to expect after moving forward. You have some insights on that for us? Yeah, so this is a, you know, this is challenging, Randy. You know, things are changing almost weekly, and uh, it's, it's almost, it's very regionalized, almost down to, you know, the county state level. Um, so we're, we're doing a lot to try to um, you know, do some reforecasting. And, um, but, you know, before I sort of get to that, I think, you know, what I would say is, you know, we're looking at, a couple things uh, when it comes to kind of before and after COVID. We're looking at certainly procedure volume and the impact that's going to have for, you know, the rest of this year and beyond. And, and to your point, particularly with premium IOLs and uh, MIGS procedures, refractive procedures, uh, but also, you know, how surgeons are sort of returning back to the OR. Um, so, you know, let's talk about just cataracts for a second. You know, what I would say is, you know, Cataract procedures, it's obviously down. There's, there's no sort of dispute about that. But what we're finding is that you know, the, the conversion rate, the premium IOL um, share, is actually kind of hanging. It's maintaining, which, you know, is, is, is some positive outlook in what's been a, a pretty tough time. So we do see that you know, there are still those procedures being performed. Um, but, you know, I would say that you know, doctors are mixed, you know, as they start to go back in terms of how they're going to adjust their uh, your marketing, you know, are they going to prioritize premium procedures? Um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, when you get back to the practice, how are you going to operate in a way that's more efficient and to keep those premium procedures coming in? Um, office-based cataract surgery is certainly, a, you know, a hot topic, and understandably it means it needs your access to the patient. Uh, the overall experience could potentially be better, um, takes care of the risk, uh, excuse me, the fear, you know, which we know is a, there are real big challenges facing practices with patients who, you know, want to come back but are afraid to go to the, the hospital, the ASC. Um, simultaneous bilateral cataract surgery is another consideration for, for practices because it can help reduce a, a second trip to the OR, um, uh-huh. reduce patient post-op visits. So, you know, there's a lot of things that I think are happening right now where, where doctors are trying to figure out, you know, how do they recover lost revenue in a way where, you know, they can do it efficiently, and still be able to kind of focus on premium care. Well, what about refractive? You know, I, I know that market scope really measures a lot of things that are happening in the refractive sure. state as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think, you know, the refractive space we're seeing, it's interesting. Uh, certainly, again, procedure volume is down, and, and we've got some data. I won't show, share specific numbers right now, but, but again, it's, it's changing so rapidly. But you know, we've heard some from a lot of private practice surgeons that are seeing a surge of patients. And, and I think this is interesting. And, and we've heard, you know, that there's certainly benefits of refractive surgery and, and dry treatment for folks that have to wear a mask all the time. 
Um, right. you know, we've, we've all experienced having your glasses get fogged up on wearing a mask. Uh, if you haven't, it's not, it's not fun. Um, you know, there's, there's motivated business professionals out there, folks who haven't taken a vacation that now want to kind of spend it on some self-care. You know, so there's certainly things that are happening uh, that we're hearing that are kind of helping these, these spaces recover. And, uh, you know, I'll say that these practices, they're, they're, they're adapting. And, you know, the point we made before is, you know, taking action on data, and, um, which, which is, I think, is what's helping them, you know, recover. They're doing online screenings. They're, they're figuring out ways to, to target their key patient markets. Um, we actually do some of that with identifying kind of where, you know, where the patients are. And, uh, for example, mm-hmm. you know, where are the, you know, young patients that uh, disposable income and at the metro level. But that's, we'll save that for conversation for another day. That sounds good. Totally sounds good. Too. So, so, so what can practices uh, expect moving forward from here? Sure. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really tough question, Randy. You know, we've, we've been reevaluating our, our, I mentioned this before, I think our, our forecast models, we're, we're using some new data sources. We've sort of introduced these monthly practice COVID impact surveys as a way to uh, have more real-time data on the impact that um, that this is having on practices and how they plan to uh, to move forward, and it's helping to guide us. It's helping to guide the industry. Um, you know, we're seeing we're seeing practices reopen. We're seeing surgeons are working weekends. They're trying to get through their their backlog of procedures. Um, they they're, they're many of them are limited right now with how much time they can spend in the OR. But I would say that we're we're cautiously optimistic that. You know, every month procedures continue to trend back to kind of where they were before uh, COVID, and um, you know this 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 assumes that there's not another resurgence in the fall, and and assuming we can hopefully sort of get things uh, under control. Yeah, yeah, you know, I agree that information you provided is certainly at a bigger level, right, for industries. Um, but I, I want to go a little bit deeper into the information that MarketScope provides for the practice level and the practice side of things, right? So the question is, why do you think that information that you guys provide and monitor on data points would be useful at the practice level for their success? Yeah, I think I, I think if you don't measure, you, you can't improve, Randy. And that, that, it feels kind of like an, an obvious statement, but you know, when we first started MarketScope, our tagline was, share, compare, get results. And then that kind of holds true to this day. Um, and I think it applies, you know, both to industry and, and to practices. And, you know, as a third party, we're sort of this this, this data bank, and we, we take all these data points in, and then we, we try to turn them into actionable results. And, you know, at the practice level, you know, to, to try to answer your question, um, you know, one of the things that we're trying to focus on is maybe how, how can practices – improve their strategies to get patients, you know, in the door. Um, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's, there's a lot of patient fear out there right now. I mean, do, do they focus on safety and patient protection, or, or should they stick with the, you know, their, the tried and true, you know, work outcomes? Um, should they you know, consider new promotions or new financing, maybe for folks who have, you know, some financial burdens and all this, uh, but still value having improved vision? Um, do they move towards digital? Tell, I mean, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of information, a lot of questions out there. Um, but and then that's kind of where we step in. I mean, we're asking a lot of those questions and helping give practices that kind of guidance and so they can take a look at, you know, what, what are other folks doing out there? 
and you know how should they make those you know kind of adjustments and I think that's that's the important takeaway here is you know how do you how do you reposition your practice find those opportunities uh, continue to move forward Wow, Tony, you know, that's a lot of great information and data and observations that MarketScope makes available for the industries for the practices to really grow for their success, right? So, and, and if, if that is a, a, a lot of information already, but are there other key trends that you would think are important for practices to look for and monitor, you know, in the coming future? Yeah, sure. And I mean, we... We cover almost the, the entire space, I think I mentioned earlier, but uh, there's certainly other areas that I didn't mention, and I feel like we've talked about a lot, and it's not my intention to be, you know, talking about all these different topics, but there's there's just so, so much going on in the industry today and a lot of questions that, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to funnel them together to the extent that we can. And, um, you know, I would say things like dry eye treatments are an important topic, how quickly those are returning back to form. There's a lot of discussion about extended range IVTs to help reduce patient risk. Um, we've had a lot of surgeons ask about retirement rates, uh, impact or changes of private equity involvement. Um, you know, practices change, they're potentially changing how they're going to invest in capital equipment. Um, the impact of telemedicine, are, they, are doctors adding more uh, financing options? So there's, there's, there's a lot that we're, that we're tracking today. And, um, and I would say, Randy, you know, we're always open to you know requests, and that's and that's either from from certainly from industry or from practices. If there's a question, if, if there's something that you know practice really wants to know and wants us to ask and start to you know gather some data on, we are we're certainly open to uh, to those requests. Oh, good, good. Because that was my next question. How can the listeners, if they wanted to get involved and gain some insights and this information from MarketScope, how can they do that, Tony? Sure. Uh, well, on our website at market-scope.com, uh, both clinical and corporate professionals can register uh, for free. You get access to news and polls and um, sort of updates that we're doing on, on certainly on COVID-19 and, and other topics. But um, the surveys are open. There's, there's several open today for either surgeons or administrators who want to participate and get those results. And, and we offer certainly a whole library of products and subscriptions to, to companies who are looking to gain access to kind of our forecasts and reports. And, um, you know, and really, uh, you know, our success in, in, in gathering this data only goes hopefully to benefit everyone that receives it and, and certainly contributes to it. So we, we certainly value the, the time that folks, you know, spend to participate in those surveys and hope that they, they see value in those reports and are able to, you know, put those things into action as we talked about today, Randy. Wow. No, no doubt you, you would agree that data gathering and monitoring is really like a two-way or maybe in a multi-way process, right? It's a lot of giving and a lot of taking in order to take the information and apply it for themselves. So, so before we wrap up, Tony, um, I always ask our guests this one question. So if you had to ask the listeners to take away one, maybe two key points from today's podcast, what would that be? You did mention a couple of takeaways, but why don't you repeat them or tell me what those two takeaways you really want them to go to leave with from listening to this podcast? Sure. Yeah, I think probably the two that we hopefully focus on most here, Randy, is really keeping an eye on the trends and, and, and using, using that information to compare to sort of what you're doing today. 
And I think secondly is to, to take action on it. Um, you know, we talked about that a lot with practices that are adapting and, uh, you know, doing things differently. Um, so I think those two would be you know, the two takeaways that I would, I would recommend. And I would agree with you. Like you stated earlier, you can have all the data in the world. If you don't do anything with it, don't take action, then what good is it, right? Sure. You know what, Tony? I think this wraps up our podcast for today. And like always, it was my pleasure having you as our guest. Oh, pleasure is mine, Randy. Thanks very much for the opportunity. I appreciate your, your candor and your insights to help all of our listeners grow in what their practices are doing for success. I want to thank Tony for being a part of this discussion and our listeners for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Stay tuned for Care Credit's next podcast and our using data to help your practice series. Mm-hmm.